inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Hello and welcome to the show today. Another pre-record. Last show of February, actually, and we're pre-recording this, Carrie. You know me, I love numbers, and uh, so this day that we're recording this on is, is pretty cool because it's 2-22-22 uh, on a Tuesday even, so lots of twos going on when we pre-record this episode, but if you're catching it live on Radio Western, it will be airing on the 28th of February. Yep, shortest month of the year. Recently on Outlook, I was just thinking before we started, Brian, that we um, spoke with a, an author named Heidi Gray McGill. And we were talking a lot in that episode about coffee. Indeed. Yes, one of my favorite that? things. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought this time, uh, a few weeks later, we would uh, something talk about something that sort of pairs well with coffee, as you said recently to me. Nice square of chocolate with some coffee often tastes really good. Yeah, actually, a couple of the, the chocolates in the, in the box that we're going to be talking about today I actually had uh, with my morning coffee, and it is that nice combination of the sweetness of the chocolate followed by the, the bitterness of the coffee and, and that mixture. Um, but I think, Carrie, you know, there's just so much going on in the world these days and a lot, of, a lot of unrest and a lot of uncertainty, so it's just nice to have this episode here today, I think, because we're going to talk about chocolate, something that's, you know, I think we can all use a bit in this time and something comforting and... Uh, it's just a nice light, light-hearted sort of topic for today, um, mixed in with some of the heavier stuff we cover on this show. Yeah, but I guess some people may have heard it, as you said recently, a few of your friends who are sighted heard about it just in the general media, I guess. But back at Christmas, just a few months ago there, 2021, there was a product that was sort of making a bit of a splash. Uh, people talking about ordering, you know, things for loved ones um, for Christmas and chocolates being one of them. So it was Purdy's Chocolate Tears. And we're lucky today to speak with two guests. Uh, one is uh, Julia Cho, and she's marketing manager at Purdy's. And then the other one is Ramia Amuthan, who we spoke with about a year ago on Outlook here, I think it was, uh, about her life. And uh, so we found out that she was one of the, the consultants on this project that we're going to talk about today with Purdy's. So thanks for coming on the show, both of you, today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, nice to be here. Yeah, so Julia, uh, I think uh, we reached out to you, and um, luckily we have your product here today. We can talk a bit about that. It's a beautiful product. I just wanted to start with the show with saying that. I mean, chocolate <laughs> is my thing, my jam. But, but um, as far as accessible packaging and, and the care put into something to uh, make something feel like inclusive for all of us, uh, that was not as commonly seen as, as chocolate you see anywhere, uh, you know, not so easily found. And so maybe tell us a bit about the company before, our, so our listeners have an idea about Purdy's. Yeah, we're uh, Purdy's Chocolatier. We're based in Canada. We actually make all of our chocolate in Vancouver, BC. Um, and we have over 80 shops across Canada. So we're Canadian-owned, family-owned. Um, we've been making chocolate for over 110 years. So just a long history in Canada, uh, making chocolate for Canadians. And you're based, the main uh, office is based out there in Vancouver, right? And that's where you're calling in from today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're in Vancouver. 
And so you're the content and marketing manager for Purdy's Chocolatier. And how long have you been, uh, have you been uh, working for Purdy's? I've been at Purdy's now. This fall, it'll be four years at Purdy's. Wow. Right on. Yeah, like, like Carrie was saying, this, this new Purdy's Braille box that we're going to be getting into today, it was very well received and advertised because I, I mentioned it to two of my friends who are both actually sighted, as uh, listeners of the show know, Carrie and I are both blind. And so um, I mentioned it to a couple of my friends and they'd both already heard of it. And my one friend was saying, oh, I, wanted, I was going to order you one, but they were all sold out at Christmas. And uh, my other <laughs> friend said he'd heard about it on the, the CBC. So uh, definitely some great marketing going along with, with this product, the fact that it has spread across Canada so, so widely and uh, so many people know about it. Yeah, that makes me really happy to hear that you heard about it and your friends heard about it. That was our, our goal. And um, I just really hope that people would care and, and love it and appreciate it. So it means a lot that you heard about it and so did your friends through the news and online. Yeah. So, Julio, I mean, what else have you, um, where else have you worked? What, have you come across a lot of um, employees and fellow employees with disabilities, product placement that you've seen that reaches that um, demographic? Or is this something you're sort of seeing more newly um, in the market? Yeah, I'd say this is something, this is definitely our first time making a box with Braille um, and designing a box specifically with people who are blind or partially sighted in mind. Um, but as we worked on it, I realized that it's such a great topic and I feel like it's a timely topic. Um, we learned a lot while working with Ramya as well. So I do think it's it's always been a big topic, but perhaps more now with social media and design just being more commonly talked about. I feel like it's more at the forefront these days. Absolutely. And you mentioned, you mentioned Ramya there. So perhaps we'll just quickly go over to Ramya briefly. And uh, so we had, we had Ramya Amathan on the show almost a year ago, back on the 29th of March in 2021. So uh, thanks so much, Ramya, for, for joining us well, uh, as well and returning to Outlook today. Oh, gosh, you guys, I mean, you didn't have to ask too hard, right? Because if we're talking chocolate again, you know I'm here. <laughs> Carrie, I'm on the same boat. Yeah, I think we spoke to you last year. You were talking about one of the things you like to do with friends and what, one of your interests is, is food and just but what you share with others around that. Mm -hmm. And so not only the food that you eat, but how that brings you together with your friends and um, your culture and uh, your, you know, where you live and where you've grown up. So I can see that chocolate, you know, it seemed like it, it was a good fit when I saw that you were one of the ones on the campaign there and I, I guess it was a YouTube video that came out back around Christmas. Yeah, there was a promotional video um, that was like another aspect of um, this project for me. Um, at first, it wasn't about the promotional video at all. It was really the consulting. Uh, but then when I was asked to, um, you know, take part in it and, and be part of that, I was very excited uh, also for that aspect of it, which was, you know, quite well circulated, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe we'll just quickly ask you, Ramya, since you have been on the show, but if for any listeners who maybe didn't catch that episode, maybe just quickly a, a little bit about yourself or just, just anything you want the listeners to kind of know. Of course, you are, you are blind or visually impaired, however you prefer to, to word it, whereas uh, Julia, the, the marketing director, is not. So um, yeah, just a little bit of background on, on yourself. Sure. Yeah, I do identify as having low vision. Uh, I've had low vision my entire life. And um, as you know, right now, my full time is working for Accessible Media Inc. and having uh, the, the gig as co-host on the afternoon show on AMI-audio with Kelly and company, Kelly McDonald, who's also appeared on the show. And 
really the the way that I've been connected uh, with Purdy's through this project is because I do a lot of freelance access consulting. Um, and that takes me a lot of places and working with a lot of different people on projects ranging from, you know, museums and art galleries and making art accessible for uh, the blind and partially sighted community to working with um uh, people on food and products like this one, uh, as well as just anything and everything, you know, audio description consulting or um, web consulting, web based program consulting. There's just a lot of different things that I've taken part in. And usually if, if something comes to me, I am curious about it genuinely and, and say a lot, a yes to a lot of these kinds of projects, because of course the bigger picture is, as we all know, um, having more access and talking about more access and having these open conversations about what access is for people with disabilities. Yes. And so so you think, did you kind of come into a lot of this? Because you don't like to sort of limit yourself to what you, these opportunities that might come about for you and things you get involved with. So did that a lot of those opportunities then sort of naturally lead from your broadcasting um, work, you say? Like, do they go hand in hand or do they... Work. Yeah, some of it for sure does carry, um, you know, having the, the broadcasting background or having gone to school for radio and then the, just the connections that come with uh, working in directly with people with disabilities through accessible media, AMI, uh, but also other things that really have nothing to do with AMI. And actually, AMI is one of the, if anything, the last leg of the journey to help promote a product. Um, but sometimes because I'm very tapped into the the arts world here in uh, Toronto, being a performer and a musician myself, um, but that aspect bring brings a lot of connections too. Uh, and just hearing what projects are kind of opened up to, to access consulting in that way. Um, in Toronto, there are some spaces where uh, I've been part of that community for several years. And so if there's something that comes up that has to do with uh, creating more um, access to people with disabilities coming into the space or coming to events or, um, you know, having resources for people with disabilities, then people have reached out to me for that as well. Yeah, you make a lot of great points mm -hmm. there. And the fact that we talk about in this show a lot about the, the power of networking and, and building that that group of people and that community. And I think that's a, you know, that's happened a lot now with Outlook. We're over three years into our show now, three and a half years, we've been doing this show. And the, the longer we do it, we have a lot more people reaching out and you build those connections. So the, the, more, the longer you're involved in, uh, in AMI and then just in the, in, the, in the blindness and low vision community, you just start to make more and more connections. And mm -hmm. so in the case of Purdy's, did, uh, did, did somebody connect you with them? Did they find you? Did you find them? How kind of did that come about? That's totally how it happened. There was a, a mutual friend um, who I am involved with through PAL Reading Services, and shout out to that organization as well. Uh, very grassroots, very um, you know intimate, uh, small group of people making some huge differences in terms of getting accessible uh, content and reading material out to uh, people who are print restricted. So a mutual friend um, honestly just reached out to me and said, hey, uh, someone from Purdy's has a question about Braille. Can I connect you with them? And I'm like, okay, cool. And then it went, it went from that into this huge formal consulting role and, you know, many parts of this um, project that we can get into detail with and, and Julia can speak to. Uh, but just like how this collaboration, honestly, to me, felt like it came from something so tiny, just like one, one question leading into this big, big, 
project, um, which they already had in mind. But again, going back to your question about connections, how I got connected into the collaboration uh, was just super fun. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, the media and, and sharing the word about these kind of things, like you might do uh, on Kelly and Company, your show, you know, that's like one step that's often near the end. It's people being out there in the community willing to take a chance on each other and for these products to even be um, considered an idea to begin with, they need, they need you know, creative thinking and people, you know, hands-on type stuff and collaboration, um, as well as getting the getting the word out across Canada, like what, what happened last, this last Christmas. So um, that's, that's great. You know, like what you do um, on AMI and, and yeah, what we try to do on Outlook here, because like we say with this and why this product was so beautifully um, received is, you know, this universal design is what we're sort of aiming for. It is hard to, you know, create products that are going to suit everybody's every need, uh, but you have to at least make that your goal. So let's let's go back to Julia then here, and just before we do get into the the background behind what what how this started and, and the and the whole process that was involved in and bringing this all into fruition, and then you know ending up here with this beautiful product. I have the I have the box actually here beside me. Unfortunately, it's empty. Um, <laughs> finished all the all the chocolates, but um, yeah, I just wanted to start kind of by asking you again now, Julia. Throughout your life, have you had any experiences in the past? with blindness or disabilities, anyone that you knew in your life growing up or th throughout your, um, your, your time? If, if, is there, has there been any connections or what has disability or blindness meant in your life? Yeah, that's a really great question. I actually don't have any many close friends or anyone like in, in a close proximity who's blind or partially sighted. Um, I did learn a bit more about accessibility. So prior to working at Purdy's, I also worked at a creative agency um, and we had a really big UX department uh, and we were very, they were very, very passionate about accessibility and design. Um, and so, and I just love learning about things in general, but I was really intrigued by accessibility and learning about how to design things from the very beginning. Um, you hear a lot of people and a lot of brands working on big projects and then sometimes they think about accessibility as the last final touch. Like now that we've finished designing this thing, how can we add a layer of accessibility? Um, but at that creative agency, we talked a lot about how we can think about accessibility from the very beginning, even before design begins, creative concepts begin. Um, so I think that kind of planted the seed and my love of accessibility and learning about that. Like I'm not a designer, but I just love reading about it, talking to designers about it. Um, so when this project came up, uh, it was something I'm already passionate about. I'm, I'm very passionate about accessibility and inclusivity. And so there's a strong parallel with Purdy's. That's also something we're passionate about at Purdy's. Um, so it kind of ignited this, you know, this flame that we all had. Uh, so we were really excited about the project. That's so great. And I, I love how you mentioned that th this whole idea about a lot of a lot of times accessibility is thought about at the very end it's kind of like everything's done and then it's like oh maybe we should look into this or a lot of places maybe don't even think about it and then someone someone maybe brings it to their attention and they're like oh shoot we designed this whole thing it never even crossed our mind so mm -hmm. you mentioning that the, the creativity and stuff that that uh, you had in your past focusing on the, this whole idea about accessibility in in the process of the design and and having that from the beginning is, is so much more so much more beneficial and saves so much time in the end and it's this is a big thing when it comes to websites that we talk about on this show about designing a website accessible from the beginning instead of 
designing a whole website and then like, oh, shoot, it's not accessible. We have to like tear it all apart and, and redesign it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really important point. I think the business world is, is going to start hopefully sitting up here and here and paying attention. But I remember all the time growing up, all the ads and the media and things, often you'd come across one commercial on average, uh, you know, commercials maybe aren't as much of a thing now with, uh, I guess, with streaming and stuff. But um, but when I was a kid and, and, you know, all these commercials would flash by and there'd be like no recognition of what that was. And, you know, it just, it does make you feel left out when, you know, you feel like there's a product that you might not be getting to learn about like everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like more companies like Purdy's uh, is what I, we're, we keep an eye out for anyway. But, uh, but Julia, what about the, this product in particular? How, how did it develop, like the, the initial idea to do it in the first place? Yeah, we were, we were wanting to make a, a special, we had a special project in mind for Christmas. And I think the realization really came when we realized that oftentimes choosing your favorite chocolate, looking at a, a legend, all of it is such a visual experience. Um, you read the legend, you know, you look at the different chocolate designs to pick out your favorite. Um, so I think that was a, a really key insight is, wow, if it's, if we rely on so many visual cues, it's, it's really not an experience that everyone can enjoy. Um, I can't be designed the same way. And so we thought, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if we worked on a chocolate box that people who are blind or partially sighted can enjoy, um, have that same experience of picking out their favorite chocolates, um, especially during Christmas time when, you know, hopefully you have lots of chocolate boxes in your home as gifts. So that's what really sparked the idea. Um, And from the very beginning, as soon as we had the idea, my first thought was, okay, there's no way we are not designing something for people who are blind without consulting someone who's blind. So my very first request was we need to make sure we get uh, a consultant on board. Um, Because I said, I'm fully sighted. I don't feel comfortable um, designing a project for a community that I'm not a part of. So that was why we took the first step of you know, researching and trying to find the right accessibility consultant. And, and that's how we got connected with Ramya, which really kickstarted this whole project. Yeah, before we went on air, you two were kind of like, oh, hi, how's it going? Like catching up almost a little mm-hmm. bit there because um, you've been work, you've worked together already. So, oh, yeah, I uh, especially during leading up to Christmas when we were, you know, in production mode and design mode, um, we emailed Ramya a lot or <laughs> in meetings. We'd be like, you know, what? we need to get Ramya's take on this or um, so we talked to Ramya a lot. Ramya ate a lot of chocolate throughout the project. So, yeah, we talked a lot last year. No resentments there. <laughs> um, but, uh, Julia, I like what you've been saying. And, you know, of course, product packaging is very visually, is about things being visually pleasing and catching the eye and all this stuff from a very visual side of things. But uh, I think the thing about chocolate is what's so great is that even though Mine's, mine's also gone, but it's like you, all you have to do is even just still have the box around. And as soon as you lift the lid, you can smell it. So it's, it's gone from being not just, you know, but a company like Purdy's can realize you can, you can capitalize on this and work with these communities and for inclusion by letting everybody know that not even just to the, the blind audience you might have or, or customers is that for everyone to realize that chocolate, we all know it, if you think about it, is such a multi-sensory experience. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just about visually, you know, of course, the whole thing I always said growing up with these sort of assorted boxes was, I wasn't always so adventurous, I'd be afraid to try, what's this one? I don't know what it's going to be. It, you know, it could be anything. Um, but 
as an adult here, I found this product just beautifully designed. Uh, so that's really great to hear, Carrie, because whenever people who are in the blind and partially sighted community appreciate the box or have anything positive to say, like for me, that's such a win. Um, it's our real, it's our first time making it. So that's really, really good to hear. And also to realize the thing about, you know, now that more consultants are being taken on to create these products, which is so great to see. It's just like talking to someone like Romney, who's been doing it is, you know, the value that we need to put in that. And so it's great to hear more and more companies doing that. And, and that's why we wanted to speak with both of you here today um, on Outlook about this topic, sort of bring both sides of it together. And I also like your point about networking too, because it's great, like through Rami and I work really closely together, but she also worked with our creative agency. Um, our PR agency got connected with her. Um, I, I think the networking aspect is really important because now if I know someone in the industry who's looking for a consultant, I'll be like, perfect. I recommend Ramya. Um, I can connect you too. So um, it's great that I have that connection now as well. And I can share that with people in the industry. Mm -hmm. And the collaboration that Purdy's did uh, and the PR agency did on just getting more voices from the community to like even if not formally test out the boxes to hear about people's perspectives when they uh, went through the unboxing, right? Like if you look at the promotional video, you'll see some familiar uh, faces, hear some familiar voices, maybe some people you haven't seen or heard before um, who are like in the Vancouver area, some influencers. Um, and just to kind of tap into the community more I found that that Purdy's did a really great job at that. Um, I a lot of my friends, if they're doing any kind of social media or um, you know part of some kind of influential role, they were already aware of the Purdy's box. Like Purdy's did a great job just scouring the community <laughs> and and getting um, in touch with people, which is fantastic because it's not just one person's voice or one person's experience or one person's promotion of the product. You're literally getting a spectrum of reactions from everybody. Spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what we're trying to explain. Like you said, you, you are low vision and, and uh, you know, Brian is, has always just had light perception. Like there's such a wide spectrum of people with all kinds of disabilities, but blindness in particular and low vision issues. And so, you know, that shows the, the, you know, spectrum of people who are out there buying these products and who your audience would be aimed, aimed at, no matter who we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And that speaks to what you were saying, Carrie, right at the beginning of universal design, right? It's not just about the Braille um, and it's mm -hmm. not just about the, the blind experience, meaning, you know, if you have zero visual perception, how would you navigate this box? It really is about the kind of messaging it is for everyone to be experiencing this box. Um, you know, Brian mentioned like, his sighted friends and, and people who were already aware of the box. And I have tons of people who were just calling up their nearest Purdy's location and being like, is it, do you have more st in stock yet? Because um, people were, you know, knowledge, they were building up their knowledge base on what it's like to have universal design. So it's not just chocolate. It's not just an accessible product. It's this product that's giving people awareness of what universal design could look like. There's the Braille, but there's also these other tactile indicators. Um, there are actually, you know, tactile letters on the box to indicate left and right sides of the box. So there's way more to the box than just the fact that, you know, people are seeing that it's Braille, feeling that it's Braille. Um, it's great for Braille users. 
it's more than that. There's a lot of different elements of the box that I think Purdy's um, was very clear about making this an accessible product in more than one way and to more than one part of the community. For sure. And I think mm-hmm. the, 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 the Braille in particular is such a big one for me. And of course, there's other, there's other features of this, like, like Ramya mentioning the, the raised print on, on the box as well. And then there's a, there's a QR code you can, you can scan and get a screen reader accessible version of it, which you can also find on the website for you know, someone who's blind who, who doesn't read Braille. Um, but at the same point, or, or visually impaired and doesn't read Braille, but has access to, to the, the legend in a screen reader form. Um, so all of these things, but it's also the fact that we talk a lot about a, a, a Braille on this show, and in particular, the, the, the stat out there that it's approximately only 10% of blind people read Braille. Um, and it's just, to have a Braille on a mainstream product like this, I think is so important because it just keeps Braille awareness in the public. And like, you, you know, even if it's not blind people hearing about this, it's sighted people. They're just reminded about Braille, and it's something that, I, you know, there's sometimes talk about it not being as common anymore and sort of slipping away with technology. So I just, any product that, that uh, advertises Braille is, is, uh, is good in my books. And, you know, another thing that uh, makes me happy about this is that it's Canadian designed. And I think, you know, this show being out of Canada Outlook here, I've heard of some other accessible products, and it's great to see this happening more and more, Care. You recently got a Uno game um, that was, you know, available in the in the store, but had Braille al- uh, already on the Uno cards. Um, I recently mm-hmm. read about out of Cincinnati, in uh, Ohio, the West Side Brewing um, introduced a Braille ale, a beer with Braille on the bottle. So this stuff is just starting to happen more and more. But it's especially nice to see it happening here in in Canada. Yeah, well, I mean, it can be a novelty item if that's how you want to look at it. But it's just, it's 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 tactile. Braille is a tactile thing, and so even if you can't read it, uh, just being the fact that that's part of this packaging, even all the way up to like the the logo on the front having you know tactile lines, because like you say, yeah, Braille isn't read by everybody, and that for that's for a lot of different reasons, no matter whether you're grown or or not, and. So it's not always about the Braille to make you accessible, but that's what gets us back to universal design in, in so many different ways. So for anyone who has just tuned in, you're listening to Outlook here today on Radio Western. We are talking chocolate today, speaking with Julia Cho, content and marketing manager for Purdy's Chocolatier, along with Ramya Amuthan, been a consultant in this project, also the co-host of the show Kelly and Company on Accessible Media Incorporated. And we're going to take a quick break now for some ads, but then we'll be back to chat more with our guests today on Outlook. Outlook. On Radio Western. Welcome back to Outlook on this final Monday in February. We are back today on 94.9 Radio Western or as a podcast later on on your any podcast platform. Um, we are speaking today with two people who have been in, um, I guess, working together on an accessible pro- um, product um, from Purdy's Chocolatier, which is called the Chocolate Braille Box. So if you want to learn more about the product, you can just um, type that into Google. And I guess there was that commercial um, for the promotional that will come up and it'll show you. But um, Brian's going to give a bit of a explanation without giving you too much of the product away because it it is lovely, so I, yeah. <laughs> I encourage everybody to check them out online. Or Yeah, so if any of our listeners go to purdies.com, you can find the, the Braille box on the website. Uh, it's 18 pieces. 
of, of chocolate. And, and Julia, maybe is it, I know when, when this came out originally, it sold out super quick. Um, so I don't know what's the status now of the availability and, and maybe speak a little bit on the stores because um, I know it's an online product, but I believe it is also available in, in stores across Canada or was. Yeah, you're right, Brian. It sold out um, within like in less than a day online when we first launched it back in December. It's back online, so it's available on parties.com. Um, I'm actually working behind the scenes to try to figure out if we can have it available in shop again because I know people really loved love the box and are calling our shops to ask for it. So right now it's online only, but um, hopefully stay tuned and we'll have it back in shops or in select shops. And that's what's so neat, I think, too, about having it in the store is, you know, and online as well, but in the store is that somebody might just go into the store who has no idea about this product and is just, you know, buying ch- some chocolate and then comes across it and, and see, wonders, oh, what are the bumps on that, on that box? And, you know, you, it just it could introduce anyone to Braille who may not be aware of, of Braille or know much about it. So that's really great. So I just want to talk briefly then about how exciting it was when, you know, we reached out, Carrie reached out to, to Purdy's here and we heard, uh, we heard back from Julia um, and she, you know, very kindly, they sent us each a box of the chocolate here. And so I was actually recording. Um, so my sister here, Carrie, and I have a WhatsApp group with a friend of ours who's also blind. And I was actually recording a message to them when my chocolates arrived. And I wasn't <laughs> expecting them to arrive at that moment. Uh, so I actually did an unboxing of the chocolates on the, uh, on the WhatsApp message that I was leaving them. Um, so that was a lot of fun, just in the middle of the, of the message, getting a knock on the door and then going over and finding this chocolate box on the ground and opening it up and and Carrie at the same point it took uh, I think maybe an extra day to get to her so she was she knew I was starting to talk about it in the message but she was like oh I don't want to I don't want to hear this I don't want to I don't want it to be spoiled I want I want to see for myself so yeah I was gonna it, get, uh, give it away <laughs> it, it created a lot of excitement but um yeah I just want to quickly kind of describe a little bit for our listeners what it's like so yeah I just you know I took this box in here and I'm holding it right now actually um right there and so yeah, on the, on the front here, it has the logo, which is raised, and then it says chocolatier. And I won't give everything away. There's a nice little message on the, uh, the front of the box as well here, which I wasn't expecting to, to, to feel. Um, so that was pretty neat. Um, and then, yeah, you take the lid off, and right inside here, this, this legend, it folds out. It's a Braille legend, and there are three rows of six chocolates, and they're all, they're all labeled. So yeah, like on the top left, is says white silk in braille and so that lines up with the top left of the box so yes that's exactly how you know as a blind or visually impaired or somebody with low vision can access this by you know lining this up and and counting over and figuring out what what chocolate is what and it was the same thing for me where i got this and i was i read all these off and i was like wow these you know these all sound really great i don't even know where to where to start but i um I started with one that sounded good, and I think this was probably one of my favorites, was the, the hazelnut flake, which is on the second row and fourth in, so fourth from the left. So um, the hazelnut flake was a big one for me. Also really enjoyed the caramel carnival. And uh, 
Yeah, lots of different caramels in this collection. Um, you know, some peanut butter option, um, one called Coffee Crunch, which was delightful. Um, the first one I felt when I read, read the Braille key myself was the white silk. And so, you know, of course, as a writer, I know a lot of this comes down to product naming and, and you know, making this stuff sound appealing, you know, without needing much help for chocolate. But um, yeah, it was just so great to read this Braille and this key and, and feel like I did, you know, Ooh, this one's dark, which, you know, you might want to know that, you know, this sort of thing, instead of sometimes maybe just being adventurous and going for it. Um, but that can get, get old real quick when you want to have the same access anyone else might have. But maybe, uh, Julia, do you, you want to tell us, like we were discussing, well, before we were on air again, about your favorite kinds and stuff. Um, what are your some of your favorites that you guys offer, whether it's in this Braille box or not? Yeah, that's always such a hard question because um, I was mentioning it, it changes by week. And sometimes if we have a new chocolate, that becomes my new favorite. Uh, I really like our Himalayan pink salt caramels. I, I really love like the combination of salty and, and sweet. So that's a favorite of mine. Um, I also really love anything with peanut butter. So yeah, peanut too. butter daisies are usually I go for those first in any assorted box. Um, a chocolate that's not in here that we just launched is our vegan sweet Georgia Brown. And that has been really popular. Carrie and Brian, I might send you some, I think I already sent Ramya some, but, um, they're a vegan version of our best-selling sweet Georgia Brown. And, and I might even like it more than the original. So that's a new favorite of mine. Wow. That's so cool. And again, that's another thing, right? That, um, being inclusive and, and having vegan, vegan chocolate, which, you know, maybe back in the day wasn't uh, talked about as much or as common, but now, of course, that's becoming more of a thing. And just to be, you know, so accessible in so many ways is is uh, is fantastic. And and that would definitely be interesting to try someday. That that uh, sounds uh, sounds great. But the other the only other thing about the box I really wanted to mention was the the fact that on each side it does say left and right, and then there's a, a raised print L and a raised print R as well as the Braille. So that way, you know, if you if you end up turning it upside down by mistake you'll know which side is which and so you can still make sure you're getting the right chocolate but that was the other thing where it was like you know my favorites kind of switched from time to as i was eating the chocolates and and it's just such good quality chocolate that for example fruit um filling in chocolate isn't always my favorite but in this case the raspberry and the strawberry and the and the passion fruit i all i also really enjoyed so i think if it's just really good quality chocolate pretty much any of it i i enjoy um and Kara, another thing that I wanted to comment on you can maybe talk about is the shapes and I really liked how all of these chocolates had such unique shapes to them. Yeah well that goes back again to my whole thing about chocolate being you know a visual thing of course if you can see it uh, but it's also and then for people who maybe were excited at one time they would have certain associations whereas you know it could it, it's also a multi-sensory thing with the, the smell and and so texture of course whether you're holding it, obviously, hopefully before it melts, um, but or whether it's, you know, you're tasting it at the time, you know, the flavor and the texture, it all becomes such an intertwined experience. Um, Romney, what do you think it was? I mean, when that ad was released, I mean, some people maybe laughed it off being, oh, what, you know, why, I don't know why it's chocolate, whatever, but there was some real reaction from not only those in the video, but those of us at home who had our own boxes and who were watching it. What do you think that that reaction was brought out from like what do you think is going on there you know and this is why carrie I'm, I'm so glad you asked this because i didn't get to talk about this in a lot of detail um on kelly and company yet but to me there's a real space 
um, for the kinds of things that Purdy's doing, that anybody out there is doing, organizations and individuals, to make accessible products. And we really cannot say, oh, it's just chocolate. Oh, it's just whatever. Because mm-hmm. there is absolute validity in people's emotional reactions to being able to experience something like this for the first time. I'm sure uh, people who've seen the promotional video have seen those reactions happen uh, in that video. But like you said, all of us sitting here at home being super sentimental about this box. And, you know, I've kept all the the changes, the reiterations, um, the updates to the box. I've kept all of it. And the reason why is because this is groundbreaking for some of us, right? Um, Brian, you mentioned that, you know, you're not a super fan of uh, fruit in chocolate or fruit fillings. For me, I was always hesitant to, to go into an assorted box and say, okay, yeah, I'll just try this one, you know, because I didn't know if it was dark milk or white. I didn't know what it would be filled with. I didn't know what it was topped with. And I just <laughs> felt uncomfortable doing that. So for many people, whether it be traditions of opening up boxes together with your family and going through it and picking out chocolate or going through the legend or picking out your favorite before somebody else does, whatever it is, uh, those experiences were non-existent until this product came about or until whatever product it doesn't even have to be chocolate but think of anything else uh that you've experienced where you're like oh wow i've i before this i wasn't able to organize my uh my shampoo and conditioner i wasn't able to distinguish this or that i wasn't able to tell the color of my uh clothing before this you know or put outfits together whatever that experience is for you this is a parallel for a lot of us because we're saying This is awesome. I can choose my own chocolate. I can go through the actual legend. And like um, when you use the QR code to go on the website and hear the amazing descriptions that they've put up with the, uh, the textures and the visuals of each piece of chocolate, you can enjoy that, right? And it is very sentimental that way for a lot of us because... We haven't experienced it. Simple as that. You know, whether you're a kid or a grown adult or, um, you know, someone in your 60s going through this Braille box, it's an awesome experience just because it hasn't been available to you before. And I think as well, it's on the show, we talk about so many big issues and, and big things in the world that, that aren't accessible. And, you know, the employ- employment rate being, being so low for blind people and all these types of things. But and I think sometimes some people might think, oh, you're getting all emotional over chocolates being accessible. Like there's bigger things we need to fight in the world. But that's, in my opinion, is not the point at all, because I think Mm -hmm. these little things aren't little really like they, you know, it's just every little bit helps. And I think something like this is, it's nice for a change, not to be this big serious debate or serious thing that we're, we're discussing. It's just something like a, like a box of chocolates, which anyone would just take for granted to be able to, to read the legend. Um, And now having that, uh, having braille incorporated in that just it's such a such a huge step for something that you know it does create such an emotional response and and uh yeah, i just think that's that's so great yeah for real and i, I just want to say you know in the way that we kind of look at different angles of this project um for some people oh it's it's just chocolate it's just this product but if you think about coming from uh purdy's you know, they are a chocolate company. They are well-established. They are, uh, you know, popular in Canada. They they represent in the chocolate world, right? And so for, for that team to say, okay, now let's make this unique product 
it they had to build that from the ground up. They had to take this idea, make it accessible, talk and consult with people from the community and put it out and promote it and you know, come to terms with what this means for the community. And that is big. You know, whether or not in the in the picture of, you know, is this a serious issue issue? Is this something that people should or shouldn't or whatever your um your your contemplation is about the focus on chocolate versus other things in the access realm for purities and for other organizations who are creating accessible products as new involvements and new ways to to um, connect with different communities and groups that is huge it's a huge deal for purities Mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah. whether it's the, you know, chocolate itself with its emotional effect on you or the fact that you feel included in 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 in, in the product creation uh, of these items like chocolate, it's like it, it is a universal thing that that's what we're all looking for. So that's why I think it re- that's why we respond to it, whether you are a blind person who discovered they could read the legend or you were just sighted and you thought, well, this is great to see. Um, that's you know it all comes back to chocolate to us all i think and um but i think like romney give everybody a bit of a, a window into consulting what what kind of changes um like what was the process like for you to watch um from the beginning of being involved to sort of the final product just uh, over overall kind of what was that like for you well, in in a nutshell, it was just a very, very welcoming environment. Uh, the people who I worked with directly, uh, just the overall vibe of both the um, the PR as well as uh, as Purdy's was just so communicative. Um, everybody was open to talking, to asking questions, to hearing suggestions, to um, making changes. You know, there was there was one at one point uh the braille that was used in one of the prototypes was contracted braille and i was like oh i think we should be switching to uncontracted and there's you know obvious reasons to why that would be if you're a braille user but if you're not a braille user or new to the idea of what braille is uh then that's a that's a question that you may not have thought about and everyone was always open to what changes could be done to improve, to better include. Um, and like, honestly, the the whole experience was just amazing. It was really, really incredible. I felt like not just as an individual who was able to offer suggestions and talk through some of the the, uh, the things that I was suggesting, suggesting, but as a representative of the the low vision community, even for myself, I had to say, okay, wait, I'm coming at it from a low vision perspective. I'm coming at it from a um, screen reader user perspective. But how about people who have no vision? Or how about people who have dexterity challenges? Uh, That kind of thing, even for myself, I had to pause and reflect on on different experiences that other people may have who have different visual um, experiences than I do, right? So there are so many things that Purdy's was just on board uh, to trying out really like and it, and it wasn't just that you know everyone was doing something um a, doing anything and everything to make something inclusive people were asking questions and there were points where we were going beyond the project uh, and really just talking about access as a whole to interacting with the blind low vision community uh, verbiage language you know things that you were using 
to connect with people who are blind or low vision or partially sighted. It wasn't just about creating this physical box and putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like to get the, those examples like the, that you mentioned that it originally was grade two Braille and you suggested it be grade one. And again, that's, it's just, that's why consulting is so important, but also, like you say, having a, a cross-section of people that you're consulting so that it's not just someone with low vision, that you also have somebody who's totally blind and to get, to get those different perspectives because though we're all in the blind community, we... We all have different varying degrees of vision, so it's, it's good to have those different perspectives. And um, so, yeah, it's great to get that example. Yeah. But I thought I would also quickly just read for our, for our listeners one of, the, uh, one of the examples as well. So we mentioned here with the screen reader how you could, you could get a, um, a screen reader version of the legend if you, if you don't read Braille, or even if you do, because Braille, as our listeners likely know, takes up a little bit more space. So you couldn't fit, uh, obviously, the entire descriptions on the Braille legend. Um, which is totally understandable. And, you know, most of, the, most of the time, these are pretty self-explanatory based on the name. Not, not all, but for the most part. But the fact is you could, you know, scan this, this QR code and, or go to purdies.com and find the, uh, the screen reader version of the legend. And so I just wanted to give the listeners an example. So for the Caramel Carnival, it says in, in the legend here on, uh, from the website, Caramel Carnival, row three, fourth from left. So there's your details as to the location. And then it says... Dolce de leche, caramelized milk in a milk chocolate shell topped with white chocolate and pecans. So it's just really neat how you can go on and read the full descriptions as well on the, uh, on the website through the, through the QR code. Yeah, it makes you salivate all over again, really. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's the way you write a description for a product that uh, on, online, especially making people want to um, check it out. And again, um, we're happy on Outlook today to be promoting this product because we do believe just in general, it is a beautifully produced product and it, it was, you know, the chocolate, no complaints. It was so tasty. And uh, so we were grateful again here on Outlook today, having you guys coming on um, because as Statistic Canada says, there's 6.2 million people, roughly uh, one in five Canadians have a disability and about 1.5 million of them identify as having sight loss of some sort. So um, whether it's, you know, for any kind of disability, whether it's dexterity issues or blindness, whether it's about a vegan product to give people options, uh, whether it's Canadian, you know, if you want to support Canadian, that's what makes Purdy so special. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I came across them <laughs> from uh, Julie, all this great publicity you have been getting. So so to how has that been um, since Christmas? I know, I guess Valentine's is behind us now, but Easter's coming up. There's always a good occasion for chocolate. Yeah, you know, it's been great because I've had so many conversations. What's neat about this box is it's not just for Christmas. Um, you know, we don't have Christmas illustrations on it. It's really a box you can enjoy any time of year, um, which I think is great because Easter gift, Valentine's Day gift, I think it has a lot of legs beyond Christmas. Um, but something that Brian, Carrie, and Ramya, you all shared that really uh, spoke to me was, um, I think a lot of brands, and even for us before we took on this project, uh, if I'm honest, we were a little afraid that we would make a mistake, um, or we were a little afraid that we would be, you know, engaging with a community that perhaps wouldn't welcome us. I think there's a lot of fear sometimes with trying something new and, and different. And so what I've learned through this project, and what I hope other brands, and I hope our other chocolate brands and other companies out there realize is, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to just learn and to just try it. 
um, it's our first time making a braille box. And, and I'd say like, like Ramya shared, we learned so much about how to brief in an influencer who's blind or, or partially sighted or the difference between grade one and grade two braille. So I think for, for all companies, I hope people realize that um, if you're open to learning and feedback and always asking questions to make sure you're, you're trying your best to learn, I think there's no harm there. And so I hope people don't feel afraid to just at least take the first step. Um, I know for us, this is hopefully just the beginning of something great. And I've, I've learned so much from this project and I still think a lot about it. Um, and yeah, it was just such a terrific time. Yes, well said, Julia. I mean, like you say, um, whether we, you know, we ask you if you've known anyone before who was blind, not everybody comes in contact with somebody. Uh, but if you're making products like this, you know, you can learn so much and, and it sounds like you really have. Um, but as far as reaching out and bridging those gaps so that we're all working together and getting to know who we all are, um, you know, as colleagues and as just people um, through this sort of thing and this collaboration that you guys did. Um, but for people, like you said, the business world to sort of be always afraid now that they'll make a mistake if they'll, you know, they'll do something wrong. And so that sometimes prevents not only companies, but all of us, I'm sure at one point or another, from even sometimes feeling like we should bother trying. So just, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, what you sort of learned from working on this stuff, uh, but you sort of really illustrated the point well there for me. So thanks for saying it that way. And that is a big part about it is the, is the fact of this, this sort of uncomfortable feeling that, you know, I think will start to change and has been changing already, but will change more and more is this, this divide with, with different groups of people that, and you know, a lot of it is that we're just not as comfortable with something that's we don't under, fully understand or something that's new to us that we're not exposed to. And, and I asked you that question earlier, if you, if you had any connections to blind, anyone who is blind or has disabilities, more so is just, you know, it's something I like to ask. Our listeners, uh, especially our sighted listeners, because you know a lot of people haven't haven't associated with anyone who's blind. And then if if you're unfamiliar, and that's that's what it really is. It's this unfamiliarity with with these groups of people that it makes it feel sort of scary or uncertain. And people just kind of want to sometimes stick with what they know and not not venture out. So I just I think it is really great to see a, a company like Purdy's here, really just venturing out and and taking that risk and thinking, you know what, maybe we should just like you know reach out and and work with people and i think that's another thing that you know sometimes you'll hear about products being invented for for blind people and it's kind of just like what's the point of that and then you find out it's you know maybe somebody cited uh, invented such and such a product but hasn't really consulted any blind person and blind people are kind of like well we don't really need that um so i just think it is so great to see blind people working together in the in the cons consultation roles and businesses taking that risk and reaching out because it will connect people more and more in society and, and make all of groups work together because we say that for every area, you know, in the workforce and everywhere where there's a certain percentage of the population that has a disability, that same percentage should be, should be illustrated in work and, and in, all, in all areas in life. So this is just a, a great example of, of that happening in, in reality here. Ryan, I should change my answer. I just realized, well, through this project now, I know um, several people in the community. I know Ramya, I'm connected with everyone who appeared in our video, our influencers. So um, now through this project, I, I've met a lot of people who are blind or have low vision. Um, so I'll change my answer now and I'm still connected with them. I, I sent them vegan to Georgia Brand. So it's actually changed a lot after this project. And that's just it, right? If it, the, the more businesses that do decide to make their products accessible and, and, and 
communicate with people with disabilities, then you do start to meet people. And then that just diversifies your, your network and the people that you know. And, and that only leads to good things, you know, the more diversity and the more aware we are of all different minorities and groups of people out there, the, the, the more educated we become and the more open-minded and it's just, it's, it's a ben- it benefits everyone. So, Yeah. Again, I say this chocolate box is a great sort of metaphor for that concept is like, you know, there's a bunch of options here, but don't be afraid to <laughs> try something because then you'll, you know, you, what, what are you missing out on if you uh, are too afraid and you hold back? And so that's why it's so great to see companies like like herbal essence with you know making tactile bottles or or purdies or um brian as brian said a, a board game or a card game uh company but um romnia what about chocolate just chocolate again back to chocolate but um what would you say is your memory what does chocolate mean to you sort of what made you interested one of the reasons in being involved in this project to begin with but what is what has it been for you in your life um, whether it's what brings you together with somebody on a holiday or or your childhood or what what has it been for you? Well, I love chocolate. I've always loved chocolate. Me and my mom, um, <laughs> to be honest, everyone in my family, uh, we have major sweet tooth. But the I've got to say, to really answer this question honestly, it's the terror of picking out chocolate that I don't like in an assorted box that makes me the most excited about this box because I'm like oh I know exactly what I'm gonna get um, even if it is in a nutshell because I cannot explain to you the countless amount of times that I've picked out chocolate I'm like I didn't want this one (laughs) and sometimes sometimes it's also just the moment like it's not that you don't even like that chocolate but in the moment it's not what you want and then when you just grab at random (laughs) it's like whoa that's not what I was in the mood for at the moment so Mm-hmm. just gives you that that selection and that that choice that everyone else just you know would take for granted absolutely yeah but going from like a, a fruit flavor to a caramel there's a definite thing and so yeah if you're not expecting <laughs> one it's, it can be fun it's created a lot of fun moments at parties i think i believe for sure glad to return back to the subject of chocolate at the end here because that's what uh what it's i love this product everybody again on outlook today thanks for listening and make sure you check out purdy's chocolate if you haven't before consider them for yourself or for a friend or a loved one it makes a great 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 gift yes go to purdy's.com i don't think you know this this episode's been so great but you still don't really get the full effect unless you actually have the box in your hand so yeah i would definitely recommend going to purdy's.com to order this and just want to give a huge thanks to Julia Cho, the content and marketing manager for Purdy's Chocolatier, for joining us today, along with Ramya Amuthan, consultant on this project, as well as uh, the uh, co-host of the show, Kelly and Company, on Accessible Media Incorporated. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Julia, is there anything else you want to say uh, to, to, to finish off here? Of course, everyone go to purdys.com and, and grab the Braille box. Yeah, I think, I think you both nailed everything. Thanks so much for having me. And- that hour like flew by. I had so much fun chatting with you both and with Ramya and I could talk about chocolate all day. So this is a lot of fun. Thanks. Great. We could too. Thanks again. Send us an email. Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Outlook. CFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.